Today I want to talk to you about the problem with painkillers. Look at somebody and say there's a problem with painkillers. In a prayer of Moses that is recorded in Psalm 90, he declares this, in verse 10, 70 years are given to us. Some even live to 80. But even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear and we fly away. Moses declares even the best years of our lives are filled with pain and trouble. The psalmist David says in, in Psalm 25, verse 16, Turn to me and have mercy, for I am alone and in deep distress. My problems go from bad to worse. I, I love the Word of God because it just doesn't cover anything up. It just lays it all out there. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? My problems go from bad to worse. Oh, save me from them all. Feel my pain and see my trouble. Forgive all my sins. See how many enemies I have and how viciously they hate me. Protect me. Rescue my life from them. Do not let me be disgraced, for in you I take refuge. May integrity and honesty protect me, for I put my hope in you. O oh God, ransom Israel from all its troubles. The reality is everyone faces pain. I may not know you, but I know one thing about you. You've had some pain in your life. Now you're looking at me like you don't or never have, but I know you have. Because every person on the face of this earth faces pain at some point in their life. The Bible says that Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Even our Lord Jesus Christ faced pain. If you go through the list of Bible characters, you'll find that not one of them went through life without moments, seasons, even long, hard seasons of pain. Pain is a reality. Pain is inevitable. Tell your neighbor that. Pain is inevitable. If you can say inevitable. That's a tough one, isn't it? Inevitable. Pain is inevitable, but misery is optional. And I think sometimes we feel that pain pushes us in that direction, and I know that it does because I've lived there. But the reality is that I have an, an option in the midst of my pain. I can allow it to drive me in one of two directions. It can either drive me in the wrong direction or it can drive me in the proper direction. And painkillers, they're, they're important sometimes. The problem with painkillers is they only mask what's going on inside. They try to cover up the real issue. And they can't remove the pain completely. Have you ever found that to be true? 
Uh, this pain is, is uh, ridiculous sometimes. I was talking to, to Kyle Vogley this week and, and, and Steve Muscolino. Both of them have had surgery in the past week or so. And still, even after several days, the pain is unbearable at times. And if, if you remember, lift them up in prayer. Uh, they're dealing with stuff. You, let me just say this. Pain is inevitable. Misery is optional. And you can choose to either focus on your issues and your pain, or you can focus on your blessings. You can count your blessings, or you can count your problems. And what you focus on will determine the condition of your heart. And sometimes we get our focus in the wrong direction, and we, we begin to look at the things that, that we shouldn't be looking at. We need to focus our eyes on the one who can take our pain away, the one who can heal us. One of the other problems with painkillers is that they, they wear off way too quickly. They work hard to deaden the source of our pain, our real issue, but they can't quite get to the root. What if, what if the pain that you experience is trying to tell you something? What if there's a reason for your pain? I know that when Christy uh, was first having pain in her ear and it moved into her tongue and, and all of a sudden we be, the pain drove us to find some answers. We didn't like the answer we found because it was cancer, but the pain showed us the pathway to healing. When I had my heart attack three and a half years ago, I woke up in the morning very early and, and the pain was intense and, and I kept thinking this must just be heartburn. This is what Christy talks about. She has heartburn. I'm like, I've never had heartburn, so this must be heartburn. So I tried to burp, you know, and get the heartburn to go away. And, and, uh, but the pain was telling me something and drove me to find an answer for what was going on. What if our pain is speaking to us? I remember when I went to Bible college, my first year in Bible college, I was a sophomore, but it was my first year in Bible college. I spent my first... My first year of college, I went to uh, a Friends University in Wichita, Kansas on a music scholarship and then felt God calling me into to full-time ministry. And so I transferred and went to uh, Central Bible College. And I met a guy on my hall. His name was Daryl Wynn. Daryl was, was uh, shaped like this. And he had this big sign on his door. It said, no pain, no gain. Come to find out, Daryl was a bodybuilder. And uh, he, he kept trying to get me to do that. I'm like, dude, look at this. You ain't going to get that out of this. I don't care what you do. 
but anyway, Daryl, he, he, he lived by the philosophy that, that if you don't push your body past its limit, there's not going to be any growth. So if there is no pain, you will not get any gain in your muscles. What if your pain is producing something in you that is preparing you for what is coming? What if that which God has allowed to come your way is driving you to actually gain for your future? Pain can sometimes push you into the land of excuses. Anybody ever been to the land of excuses? Yeah, we, I think every one of us at some point have gone there. Sean Smith at, at the men's conference, he said, excuses validate mediocrity. They give you a reason to say, hey, hey, I just, this is just the way it is. I can't, can't do anything about it. They also justify where you are. And if you justify where you are, that's where you will stay. And pain is one of those things that drives us to the land of excuses. Where we begin to justify everything and we begin to, to say, hey, that's just the way it is and I'm just going to pop some more painkillers. I'm going to try to medicate this. I'm going to try to drown it out. I'm going to turn the music up. I'm going to turn the volume up so I can't hear what's going on inside. And yet the pain is trying to push us into a positive place for our lives. We were talking about excuses with uh, the guys that are working on upstairs. And let me just once again say thank you to the, the men, Matt, Matt and Bob and, and all, Buck and Mike. We even got Michael here on Saturday. Dude, he was working it out. And... Uh, and all the guys on staff that are just giving their life to getting upstairs done and getting, getting some air conditioning and heat in the, the uh, nurseries that have needed it for six years now. Um, <laughs> it's coming. It's coming, all right? And so uh, thank you guys for that. But I, we were talking about excuses, and, and Matt made this statement. He said, excuses have a skin of a reason but are stuffed full of lies. I mean, the outside, it looks like a good, good reason why you're excusing whatever. But if you peel the layer back, you realize you're stuck in a place. And the lies are just there. I remember when I was growing up, sometimes I would go to my mom and say, Mom, my body hurts. And you know her answer, growing pains. How many like that answer, right? You remember that? Or maybe your mom didn't tell you about growing pains. Your body is adjusting to what's coming. And it hurts. Touch your neighbor and say, your body's adjusting. Something's coming. Something's coming. 
What if God is growing you to be able to handle the next level in your development? What if he is causing some things to feel bad in you so he's pushing you to the next level? He wants to grow you up. He wants to take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. And sometimes pain is that pathway to be able to handle the next level that he has for us. Pain can be a fertilizer for growth if we'll let it do its work. Because pain is actually your friend. If you've ever met someone who has no pain receptors, you'll know that they live a very dangerous life. Because pain is your friend. It, it tells you that that's hot. Move your hand. It tells you that that hurts. Step away. It, it reminds you of some things that, that you need to know so you don't step into a place where you're injured for life. Lepers have that problem. They lose sensitivity to pain, and so limbs are lost. My own uh, mother-in-law has half a toe because she lost the feeling in her toe and had no pain, and she walked to the point where it became a blister, but she didn't know it. And then she woke up with blood on the sheets and didn't know why there was blood on the sheets. And all of a sudden, the infection had set in, and now part of her toe is gone, surgically removed, because there was no pain. Pain can be your friend. Samuel Chan says, to live, something has to die. In order to give birth, a mother has to endure the suffering of the birth process. Before the resurrection was the pain of the cross. Before God promotes us, he takes us through pain to purify our hearts, deepen our dependence on him, and impart spiritual wisdom. Pain is not an accident in God's world. Even when it's self-inflicted through doubt and sin, God graciously weaves the strands of these experiences into something beautiful, if we'll let him. Jesus said in John 16, verse 20, I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me. But the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. Somebody say wonderful joy. Now, I don't know if there's any other kind of joy, but I'm liking that Jesus said wonderful joy. Hallelujah. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. Any ladies ever had labor? Back in, in uh, my mom's day and in, in Christy's mom's day, they, they just put them out, went into the surgical room and came out and said, you got a baby girl. No pain. They didn't even know what was going on. And then when we came around, we went to Lamaze class. <laughs> Anybody remember Lamaze class? Okay. <laughs> you you got to learn all these breathing techniques and how to focus, focus, focus. Look at me, look at me. Forget about the pain. Just look right here. I love you. We love each other. Come on. 
we're going to make it through this. And she's like, stop it. You know, <laughs> are you kidding me? This hurts. You can't breathe through that. I'm sorry. You, you can try, but... I don't fully understand it, but I was there for three, and we worked it through. Right? Well, I did. You did. <laughs> I was a pretty good coach, wasn't I? Or... Okay. <laughs> And then today, it's like epidural now. <laughs> I don't want to feel anything. And, and you can smile through the whole deal. But Jesus said there's a, there's a time coming. It'll, it'll be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. When her child is born, though, her anguish gives way to joy. The pain was there, but the pain gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. So he says, you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and then you will rejoice, and no one can rob you of that joy. Come on. And some people think, well, when I become a Christian, then I won't have any more pain. Who told you that? Don't believe that lie. I don't care who you are. You're going to have pain. Pain is inevitable as a child of God. It's part of the deal. But your pain will take you to new levels of joy. Because you're going to give birth to something that no one can rob you of. Because when you've been in the midst of it and you've been through it and you've experienced the pain and you see the joy of what came through that, nobody can take that from you. What? Are you kidding me? And all of a sudden, there's a spring in your step. There's joy in your soul. There's something that bubbles up from deep within that nobody can steal from you. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And he's brought you through something. Sometimes the greatest pain produces the greatest lessons. What if we could embrace the pain in our lives? Because difficulties are God's curriculum for growth. And the sooner we learn to bounce back with God's grace, which is his power, his strength, his, his ability to grow and handle and endure that which comes our way, the better off we're going to be. We'll be able to grow. We'll be able to move on through anything that comes our way. We can't stop what happens to us, but we can stop what happens in us. And I don't know what you're going through today, but God does. 
And it may be totally unfair. It may be very painful. It may be the deepest thing you've ever experienced in your life. But, and you can't stop that. But you can stop what happens on the inside of you. You can choose to embrace God's grace. It's one of those crazy shows, and I don't even know if it's on anymore, but there was a time when it was the biggest deal. It was a show called Hoarders. Anybody ever seen that? And you ask yourself, how? How? How does that happen? How in the world? And, and somebody here may be a hoarder. You, you may be that person. I have hoarding tendencies. I'll just tell you that right now. Doing a lot of cleanup here at the church, and they, they kick me out. They're like, go away. Because you don't want to see what we're throwing away, because it needs to go. And we know if you hang around, you're going to say, oh, but, but that, we could use that someday. In the, right? Actually, my own family... Um, we discovered that a member of our family is a hoarder. Uh, got a phone call from neighbors, and they said, something's got to be done. And so nobody had been to that house in a while, and, and my family went to the house and discovered a little pathway that was filled on all sides with trash. Just trash. And it, it was mind-boggling that somebody in our family would hang on to trash and say, this is treasure. And I have to have this in my life or else I feel like I don't have anything. And I would just say to all of us, be careful what you hang on to. Because that which may look like treasure to you could possibly be trash in God's eyes. And, and he would love for you to empty that out of your hand, empty that out of your house, empty that out of your life so that he can bring the treasure that he has for you. Because you can't receive if your hands are full. You can't bring in the good if you don't have room to contain it. There are just some things we need to let go of. Some things we need to throw away in order to embrace what God has for us. And surrender is tough when you, you love to be in control. I know I'm not talking to anybody today but myself. But uh, God asks for surrender. And he wants us to surrender the right things. Bishop Dale Bronner says, don't always look to get out of a situation until you get from the situation what God has hidden in it for you. Let me say that again. 
Don't always look to get out of a situation until you get from the situation what God has hidden in it for you. Because sometimes God delivers you from the fiery furnace. And other times he makes you fireproof. When he makes you fireproof, you've got to endure it. And God is more concerned with your development than he is with your comfort. You will be set ablaze, but you will not be consumed if you yield to him. Because there's a story you've got to tell for his glory that records your personal journey from pain to pleasure. You've got a story to tell. You need to tell this story. You need to share what God has done in you and through you and brought you through. T.D. Jakes says, when you're born, you're like a key with no cuts in it. And as you go through life, each wound, each failure, each hurt cuts into that strip of metal. And one day, there's a clear click. And your pain has formed the key that slips into the lock that opens your future. And yet, and if you've ever had a key made, you know the pain of the little key thing. It's being ground away. And you stand there and it goes. <laughs> and metal shavings are flying everywhere and there's grooves being. And yet, it's the pain that produces the ability for that future to be unlocked. I don't know where you're at in all of that right now. You may be in the grinder. And then after they grind it, you know they got that little thing, they put it in and it buffs it, right? It gets all the little junk off. <laughs> You've never had a key made, apparently. I, I don't know. But every part of that process is important. And the pain part is probably the most important. So what do we do? First of all, we must turn to God in the midst of our pain. Pray first. Somebody say pray first. And we've got to trust God in the middle of whatever comes our way. We pray first and we trust him that he knows exactly what he's doing and we submit ourselves to the process of what he's taking us through because we know in the end there's going to be a clear click. The door is going to open. And some of us are going to say, how in the world did I get here? And you'll look back and say, oh, it was that that was chipped out of my life. It was that part that was cut from me. It was that area that God was working on. I didn't even know it. I didn't see it. I, didn't, I felt it. But I wasn't sure what was going on. And now I can clearly see 
And I can thank him for what he's done because he does all things well. He's working all things together for our good. Tim Keller says, all true prayer pursued far enough becomes praise. It may take a long time or even a lifetime, but all prayer that engages God and the world as they truly are will eventually end in praise. Psalm 30, the psalmist declares, I will exalt you, Lord, for you rescued me. That's the part we like, right? But you don't need rescuing if you're not in trouble. You rescued me. You refused to let my enemies triumph over me. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you restored my health. You brought me up from the grave, oh, Lord. You kept me from falling into the pit of death. Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. When I was prosperous, I said, nothing can stop me now. Your favor, O Lord, made me as secure as a mountain. Then you turned away from me, and I was shattered. What was that? I cried out to you, O Lord. I begged the Lord for mercy, saying, What will you gain if I die, if I sink into the grave? Can my dust praise you? Can it tell of your faithfulness? Hear me, O Lord, and have mercy on me. Help me, O Lord. You've turned my mourning into joyful dancing. There was a shift there all of a sudden. Hear me, help me. I've got to have you, Lord. All of a sudden, things turned. Mourning changed to joyful dancing. All my grandkids can dance, but nobody can dance like Anchor. I just, oh my goodness, that kid, his dance just is mind-boggling. You have turned my mourning, that, that awful point in my life, into joyful dancing. I'm going to tell you something today. God has that for each and every one of us if we'll cry out to him, if we'll talk to him first, pray first, trust him in the midst of your pain. There's coming a day when that which is the most difficult part of your life will absolutely turn into the, the happy dance. Amen. Come on. You've taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. That I might sing praises to you and not be silent. And here's where you've got to take that which you've been through and tell your story. Every one of you has a story. 
And God wants to use your story to bless somebody else in their time of need. In their most difficult time, they need to hear how God brought you through. How God took you by the hand and said, come on, we're going we're gonna to go through this. You may be in the fire, but there's somebody walking with you in the fire. As Nebuchadnezzar said, I threw three in there and I see four. And the fourth one looks like the son of God. And we're in the, when you're in the midst of it, God says, I'll be with you. The psalmist says, you've taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. If you're reading in the Life Journal with us this week, you read Job chapter 8, verse 21. He will once again fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. He will once again. Boom. He will once again fill your mouth with laughter and your shouts of joy. Woo. Mm. Okay. Sorry. Don't know what happened. I just got a little carried away there for a moment. <laughs> Scripture says draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And what happens when you draw near to God and he draws near to you? All of a sudden, you get a whole new perspective. All of a sudden, you get a God's eye view. You begin to see things not from down here going, what in the world? You get a God's eye view going, oh, that's what's going on in the world. I see. The psalmist says in Psalm 73, truly God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I almost lost my footing my feet were slipping. I was almost gone. For I envied the proud, and when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness, they seemed to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only evil in their pride. They seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens and their words strut throughout the earth. And so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. What does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at these wicked people enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? I know you've never asked that question. The psalmist asked it, and I've asked it before. Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. If I'd really spoken this way to others, I would have been a traitor to your people. So I tried to understand why the wicked prosper. What a difficult task it is. Then I went into your sanctuary, O oh God. Then I got near to you and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly, you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over the cliff to destruction. In an instant, they're destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. And when you arise, O oh Lord, you will laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. And then I realized that my heart was bitter and I was all torn up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. Yet, 
I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. A glorious destiny. You see, the psalmist is finally getting a, a new perspective. And then he says in verse 25, Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My health may fail, my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He's mine forever. Those who desert him will perish, for you destroy those who abandon you. But as for me, how good it is to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter. And I will tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. The problem with painkillers is they try to kill the pain. Yet the pain is speaking, if we'll listen. So what do we do? We don't try to kill the pain. We turn to God in the midst of our pain. We pray first and we get a new perspective. And then we trust God in the midst of whatever comes our way. Because pain can prepare us and produce purpose in us can bring us closer to God and change our lives for the better, if we'll let it. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Maybe you're in a painful place. Maybe the pain is screaming. It's drowning out anything that God could ever say to you. But if you'll just listen closely, you'll hear the voice of the Spirit saying, Come near. Come near. Let me give you a new perspective today. Maybe you came in here this morning and you, you don't even know God. But God is here and he wants to give you a brand new start. Because he wants you to know him so that you can find freedom, and discover your purpose so you can make a difference in this world. Maybe you don't know Jesus yet. 
You don't know the forgiveness that he can bring. You don't know the comfort, the strength that he can give you through the midst of your pain. And he's here this morning and he wants to minister to you. And I would love the opportunity to introduce you to Jesus today. If you'd like to know God today, I want you just to slip a hand up. I want to pray with you. Yes. Yes. Anyone else? You say, I, preacher, I need, I need Jesus today. I need to know him. Because to know him is life eternal. Someone else. God's speaking to your heart. Just slip a hand up right now. Would you pray this prayer with me? If you raised your hand, even if you didn't, but you want to you get near Jesus today, just pray this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I give you everything. I come to you in the midst of my pain, and I need your saving touch. Forgive my sins. Wash me clean. Make me brand new today, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing in me. I will follow you every step of the way, all the days of my life. And I declare Jesus Christ is Lord with my mouth. And I thank you that you were raised from the dead so I can live a new life. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you prayed that prayer today for the first time, make sure you grab a Bible on your way out. We have one for you. Tell somebody what God's done in you and get involved in a church. Before we move on, though, and close this service, I want us all to stand. And I, I just I feel like there are some in this room and, and maybe... Maybe a few, but I, I believe there's more than a few. We're trying to process the pain and figure out, God, what are you doing? I want to just open this altar area this morning for those of you who want to just submit your pain to the Lord and say, show me, teach me, take me to the next level. God, I, I give myself to you. Whatever you're going through, if that's you and you want to do that this morning, I, I want you just to feel free to come this way. and We're just going to give ourselves to him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to get near you, Lord. Forever I will worship you, forever I will worship you, forever I will worship you, forever I will worship you.
Lord, you see us. You see exactly where we're at. Some of us are so hurting that even coming forward is too much. Just can't take that step. Lord, you're there in the midst of our pain if we invite you in. And today, Lord, we're going to invite you in. As for me, how good it is to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter. I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter. And Lord, today we're making you our shelter. We're coming in near. We're coming close, Lord. We're coming to the place where you're all that we have, all that we need, Lord. May we find our strength in you. May we find the grace that we need. Amazing grace. Surround us with your presence, I pray, as we worship you. And we will tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. As we get on the other side of this, Lord, as we come to the place where there's joyful shouting, as we come to the place where you filled our mouths with laughter and our tongues with joyful shouting, Lord, we will give you praise. We will tell the nations of what you've done for us. Thank you, Lord. Now I pray strength and grace. And my brothers and sisters, give us everything that we need, Lord. As we walk this pathway, surround us with your presence, Lord. We need you. We need a new perspective. Help us to see what only you can see. I pray in Jesus' name.